Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Today, myself and Simon were joined by Danny Murphy as we reacted to Luton reaching the Championship playoff final. Following their victory over Sunderland, many fans decided to invade the pitch at Kenilworth Road. The three of us clashed on whether or not fans were right to do that and if the club should be punished. So Luton is not job done yet, but certainly they're heading to Wembley to the Championship playoff final. They will meet either Coventry or Middlesbrough once they get there. Simon, I, I don't know how else to describe this. Would it be this season's greatest middle finger story? I won't do the gesture. If Rob Edwards takes Luton to the Premier League, because bear in mind, sacked by Watford in September after 11 games in charge. So take that, Watford. I guess so. And I the Pozzos. I think Rob Edwards would have the mentality that everything is part of a learning curve and the experiences he gained at Watford will have helped him in, put him in good stead to go to one of their major rivals, Luton, because of the rivalry between Luton and Watford because the geography exists. But he would have gone from Forest Green Rovers with a level of expectation, a level of player co- quality and a level of challenge into Watford, seen the ultimate business end of football in a championship with the Pozzos and then come back to Luton and built from it. So yes, if you want to make it as a middle finger gesture back to those that didn't bank your particular quality that's one thing but I think what Luton got was the benefit of the 11 games experience that he had at Watford and also probably a stealing and even more stealing of his resolve he played for me at Palace uh, for a period of time he was a decent lad Um, and so whilst I questioned last year the idea that he would be a Premier League manager because it was being flung around that he should be into Premier League football clubs when jobs came up Yeah, you can't argue with a job that he's done at Luton he's done a great job Danny you know Luton from uh, the past when you played I'll be frank you know it's one of the smallest wage bills in the championship the smallest stadium will the jump to the Premier League be too big for this club to bridge well I've been too quick in the past to uh, write off somebody getting promoted who's sneaked out of the championship and think they've got no chance so it would be unlikely they'd stay up but who knows I saw a team last night which is quite refreshing in a, in a time where we're, look, we're seeing teams always try and play this free-flowing uh, aesthetically pleasing football what a brilliant advert for endeavour togetherness athleticism tenacity um, simplistic values on a football pitch <clears throat> when you're organised and you have a desire to run about put your foot in Get in the box, get some crosses in, fight for every ball, double up when you're defending. What a great! I mean, these are these are things that really most people should expect every week when you see a team play. Sure, but what what a brilliant performance! But you need more than that in the Premier League. Well, not necessarily. No, not necessarily. You can 
different ways to skin a cat, isn't there? You, you've got to you've got to have a way of playing and be, become really good at it. Um, and there's not only one way to play. I I think with the squad he's got, and I'm sure he'd be if they did get promoted, they'd, they'd bring some additions. I think he'd stick with what he's doing. Why would you change? Mm. They look happy doing it. They're a powerful, physical, tenacious, energetic, hungry team. Well, I, I'm with you, Danny, and all of that, you know more than me. You played, I didn't. But, Simon, you get to the Premier League and they've got one, one game to go yet. Yeah. You are going to you are going to need that and a whole lot more. Well, the idea that you can... The Championship doesn't have this crazy, hurtful quality that the Premier League has. It has a splattering of good players mm. and it has, a, a you know, an, a sentiment of a better... Uh, championship uh, over the years because the quality of the filter down effect from the Premier League has gotten into the championship so you see a few ball players a few footballers down there but most of the time it's about being organised disciplined so the structure of a wage bill and the sentiment of the football club is almost academic it's about what kind of culture you're putting in there have you got a decent amount of quality and do you have a togetherness and a, and a collective spirit which clearly they do have at Luton now that'll carry you potentially and looking at the playoffs you know Middlesbrough aren't they're okay. They've done well with Carrick. They're a better side for Carrick being there. But they're no world beaters. And you look at Coventry, they've done a remarkable thing under Mark Robbins of all the adversity that they've had with no grounds and background disarray yeah, yeah. constantly, it would seem. So with all that in mind, you look at that and say, now that will get you potentially out of the championship. We didn't have a huge wage bill when I took them up in 2004. Ian Dowie took them up under my ownership in 2004. But we had a togetherness, some good players and a spirit. But when you land in the Premier League and they've got, most teams have got an element of, of this hurtful quality mm. that can do damage to you when you saw Sunderland yesterday there was a willingness about Sunderland they were out muscled and out fault uh, at times but there wasn't this real quality that could really hurt you at times there's every team in the Premier League has that yeah. so, so whilst we can make a case for Sheffield United surprising everybody they got their comeuppance the following season. You might fool some of the people some of the time, but you won't fool all of the people all the time. So getting in the Premier League, you need more. And that will then disrupt what they've built because they're going to go and spend £50 million on footballers at least to be able to get themselves into position. So all that dynamic will change. But right now, what you've got to do is you've got to admire the fact that they're doing something very similar to what Bournemouth did in a slightly different way, which is not worrying about the fact they've only got 10,000 fans in the stadium, worrying about what they've got on the pitch. It's back to the drawing board for Sunderland. Massive club, huge support, and reportedly Tony Mowbray now under pressure to hold on to his job. Do you find that surprising, Danny? I find it bizarre. I mean, he's done a wonderful job. They came up from League One last year to get themselves in the playoff in one season with the injuries they've had, with the the lack of a centre forward who they lost their main man, Ross Stewart, months ago. To get themselves into a playoff position is phenomenal and great experience for a lot of the young players there. They're a free-flowing football inside with great ability. They've got a few loans and a few, you know, a few areas in the squad where they'll need to improve next season. But to be honest, you know, they've been on a, a wonderful journey this season. If you'd have probably told most Sunderland fans they'd be mid-table this year after coming up through the playoffs last time, they'd have bitten your hand off. I mean, do you expect Mowbray to be retained, Simon? I don't know. I mean, look... The, 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 You'd have a strong conversation with I him, I don't presumably. know what the brief was. If the brief was from the owner the young fellow that's in there with his dad's money, that he has to get them promoted this season, then that's something they'll hold him accountable for. Daniel will put background noise into the conversation about players not being there. You then look at the fact that you come out of the League One. What, what teams do is they gain momentum in the EFL. You can't gain momentum often coming out of the EFL into the Premier League because you're going against a different dynamic. But when you're coming out of League One into, into the Championship, momentum carries you, which is what carried Sheffield United. Sheffield United took forever and a day to get out of League One, bounced out of League One into the Championship, bounced out of the Championship into the Premier League. Yeah. So it is achievable, and I suspect that Sunderland would have thought to themselves, with the dynamics of what we've got, with the crowd support we've got, and some of the resources around us, there's a chance that we should be punching at that level. And once you're in the playoffs, Jim... 
Forget about the gratitude of being there. You don't want to be euphoric a week ago for getting in there and then the lights turned out five days later. Just when you need it to yeah. happen. Somebody's exactly. got to lose, don't they? True, Danny, true. So Luton march on. On Luton, though, and we can't ignore this, I'm afraid, 2,000 home fans flooded across the pitch at full time. Allegedly, some goaded Sunderland fans. So despite the tough talk, why didn't they listen? Talk about that next. And that was it. Luton managed to get through last night and they did it in style. So well done, the players. And the club heads on to Wembley. And the next thing is, they're one away from the Premier League. But here's the thing. Do the EFL need to follow up their words with action and punish Luton for the uh, final whistle pitch invasion? We don't want to, how can I describe it, pee in your parade as such. But we got to talk about this this morning because it seems so many Luton fans didn't pay any heed whatsoever to the warnings. Please do not go on the pitch because you could cause us problems. But they went on the pitch, and the EFL's top man, Trevor Birch, was there and watched them go on the pitch. Luton's chief exec was on breakfast with Laura, and he was asked, Gary Sweet, of course, we know Gary, shouldn't you be discouraging people from going on the pitch at the end of a game like that? Frankly, we've been told to do that, so it was our duty to try and stop people from coming on the pitch, You know, which we did. We, we did that before the game, during the game. So um, so we did everything possible. I think, you know, in some ways, the best way to do it is to probably allow them to come on the pitch at the right time, delay the event, get players off, and allow everybody to go on the pitch. It's become a bit of an institution around, you know, football stadiums everywhere on the last game of the season yeah, now. That. It happens really everywhere, you know, so I think it's going to be difficult to avoid that event mm-hmm at the end of the season, especially when you win a game like that last night. Supporters have got energy. It's it's all pent up. So, you know, we kind of knew they were always going to do it. It's just how we managed it. And I think I was quite pleased with that. Well, I'm not entirely sure how Gary can be pleased with that this morning, Simon. Could more not have been done to dissuade them from going on? But I don't suppose he is pleased with it. But he's also a realist. For years and years and years and years and years, there's been a tacit acceptance of fans coming onto the pitch. And because of all the hysteria that came... A lot of it from the media about, and some of it justified, about the conduct of fans in Wembley. And then we moved on to the conduct of fans coming on the pitch with the Patrick Vieira altercation. Then we moved on to the issue surrounding Billy Sharp and and Ollie McBurney at Sheffield United in the Nottingham Forest game last year in the Cup and all that came with that. And it brought out a sentiment that, hang on a second, all of a sudden, and then we had the situation where players don't want to be gotten near and we don't want people asking for their shirts and all this sort of stuff that happened at Leeds United and all that situation then we've got the situation in recent terms with a fan running onto the technical area with Eddie Eddie Howe so out came the, uh, the, the directive which is we are telling you to stay off the pitch so for years and years and years and years there's been this acceptance of it you know, from Jimmy Glass scoring that wonderful last-minute goal to keep Carlisle in the division to fat fans coming on the pitch in 2004 when I owned Crystal Palace and they all did the same thing and we tried to get them off. But now the industry has turned around and said, right, forget all the fact that we want you to celebrate and the fact, forget all the fact we've allowed it to go on for years. Because of the idea that there's more jeopardy to players, because players are more valuable and because we've seen societal issues at this moment in time where there's a lot of anger out there and people are getting a little bit above themselves, it's now banned. Great. How are you going to enforce it? You've created and allowed a culture. How are you going to force it? I said to you this time last year, when all the hysteria is going, they've got to stay off the pitch, they've got to stay off the pitch. The fans should do as they're bloody told. They should, but they're not going to. And unless you're going to line the entire stadium with old Bill from corner flag to corner flag mm. and stewards in between mm. to stop them, uh, then you're not going to do it. Now, perhaps the answer should be line the station. You know, if we've got enough police force, uh, police officers around to do it, although the police will be quite happy to do it because it's an extra revenue stream, then that's the way you stop it. But then you've got altercations and people suggesting that they're not part of the football club and the fibre of it because they've been allowed over the Gary Sweet just embodies what everyone is a grown up really knows. 
is that it's been accepted for years and now it's not. And are you going to turn back that tide? And what do they really do? Because we've seen isolated instances. And then you'll have the next conversation about the PFA that we have seen in our schedule. They're going to talk about the players' right to defend themselves against people assaulting them and so yeah. on and so forth. I mean, I don't want to be a killjoy, Danny, but I think everything Simon is saying right. Gary Sweet should have said this morning, no, we are massively disappointed by what they did. The Premier League and the EFL have been clear in their message on this, that people must know the pitches for players and the stands are for you lot, the spectators. So they stay in the pitch because they're the players and you guys all stay in the stands. That's where you are. Don't come on. As Simon says, what do they not get about that? Well, I think I didn't hear the whole conversation this morning. Don't get to Wembley, Danny. They'll they'll still get hit with a fine, probably. Well, so will other clubs between now and the end of the season. That's for sure. You know, if Middlesbrough beat Coventry home tonight, we're going to see their fans on the pitch at 100%. Yeah. So everyone's going to be getting fine and the EFL are going to be getting... Lots of money, so good luck for them. But I assume but... they would have said this. I, would, I, I Pretty much I would have said it if I was in an AFL meeting. Excuse me. Uh, this is wonderful that we're responding to the hysteria around a few instances Isolated of people going to pictures, right? Yeah. What is it you would have us do? Just so we're clear, Trevor and Rick and all those that govern the EFL, if you want to impart this particular brand of wisdom, which, I, by the way, I think the Pratt fans shouldn't be on the pitch, right? But we've allowed it to go on for 50 years, so we ain't going to stop overnight. So, by the way, how are we going to stop it, lads? Just so we know, in this moment when we're all being realists with one another, how are we going to stop it? Because if you're going to start sanctioning fellas like me mm. during the season, I want you to tell me at the top of the EFL... What, you don't have an idea of your own? How, how to no, stop I, it? But I want you, no, but I want you to tell me what I'm going to... Sure be, club. Hang on, hang on. If you, so do you want me to line the entire station? Do you want me to turn this into martial law? Do you want me to have the entire football ground with the ultimate authority in the land in every single space that can possibly... Is it's that what martial you law. I mean, that's over-dramatising it. How about this? But you want to stop it, Jim. Don't so, come on. So, yeah, but we, the fans are a law unto themselves like they are in society. Don't shout stupid things. Don't do this. You're going to always have a, 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 a certain amount. And once you've got 20 on, 30 on, or 40 on, then you then the, the, it's like it's like breaking the dams, breaking the you know the, uh, breaking oh, the yeah, dike. Yeah. You're going to well, just How go, about this? If you're talking about behaviour, you're saying don't do it. How about go on the pitch? Just behave when you're on it. Don't punch anyone. No, Danny. No. Don't, don't. You know what I mean? That's this, not the message. Well, let me ask you this. If nobody had ever punched anyone when they went on the pitch... We'd be having this conversation. So yeah, if, we, no, we if nobody saw, breaks we the saw, law... Just as recently as last weekend... It's not going on the pitch. We saw the Leeds United individual get so close to Eddie Howe that Eddie Howe was rattled. Yeah. But, that, but that's, that's also about protectionism around certain areas like technical areas and understanding that you're in a different society than perhaps we were before. But it's also about the reality of what we expect from football fans, what we expect them to behave and how we expect them to, uh, players to interact with them. Because are we, are we not in the territory last year where we're telling fans, and I think fans should do as a bloody told, it's not their right to go on the pitch, but there's not their right to do a lot of things in society, but people do it. But there's also this, bit, are we are we saying that players now are not approachable? That you can't actually go anywhere near them? You can't even ask them for a shirt because it's not something you should be doing anymore because players don't want it. Hmm. It's part of the conversation that actually the players themselves are public property, by definition, because it's the... No, they are. No. The, the public... Not, not, the Simon, public, that is not the moment last night to get close up and personal to these players. Why? But, but, but Jim, I saw Rob Edwards, you know, like, a crack smile on his face, pushing, pushing but, the, the fans... But up. Sure, why didn't we have this conversation? Should I tell you why he did that? Nothing to do with that. Because they've won nothing yet. And he doesn't want to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. I watch Rob Edwards going, he's not doing that because he's getting away from the fans. He doesn't want to be in their face. He no. doesn't want to be seen celebrating because he's got a game he's to win. Game. And they've won nothing. You know the thing that misses me, Simon? I'll put it out there this morning. I've asked this before when Millwall fans did it. Why do fans want to go on the pitch? Because to once be part you, of it, but to once just feel you get part on of it, it, what the hell do you do? I know. It, you it, stand about 
looking like an idiot. Yeah, but you could argue and why you does someone your go heroes to... and you celebrate in this moment. Explain, celebrate. explain to me what? Explain to me the logic of a grown man in a stand cheering for a seventeen-year-old kid in his football and shirt. his football kit. <laughs> get that emotion, bottle it, explain it. Now then, now then, if you can logically explain that, which you can't, you now can't explain know. why people run on a football pitch and want to be involved in it, because you can't explain that either. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. At the moment, we're talking about this pitch invasion. Well done, Luton. Luton Town. They've got themselves to the championship playoff final. They'll be up against either Middlesbrough or Coventry. But the thing is, in spite of um, a number of warnings not to do it, many fans did do it last, last night at the stadium and invaded the pitch. It's not the best thing. It's not what people want to see. And now the club could get hit in the pocket for it. So how do you dissuade fans once and for all that the stands are for you lot and the pitch is for players? Lee's a big Manchester United fan who joins us live. Lee, good morning. What do you want to say in this? Good morning, guys. Morning. It's For me, it's a definite no-no. And a way I would try and um, prevent it, the very next game, I'd put the ticket prices up. Because then supporters themselves who are not wanting to go on the pitch, will be trying to stop the ones that do want to get on the pitch. You know, you're not going to go to the theatre and try and get on the stage. I don't understand it. That's <laughs> a fair um, point, Lee. Would that work, Simon? You know, no. Or swimming, you're not going to jump in the pool. Well, it would just, work. We're going to jack uh, it's another. It's, it's another case of punishing the masses for the minority, though, isn't it? Well, it is, yeah. And I, I'm not on no, that. No, it wouldn't work because A, you can't change the pricing policy you have in place because you've already advertised it. B, you've sold season tickets to people. So if the bulk of your audience's season tickets have already True. prepaid... And see, comparing what happens in the theatre to what happens with, uh, with a football match where you're not that emotionally invested and it's not your team, you don't follow them around the country, you don't follow a theatre production around the country, do you? I'll tell you what, I've seen Blood <laughs> Brothers in London, I'll go and see it in Portsmouth, <laughs> and I'll go off and see it in Newcastle, and I'll go off and see it in Manchester. It's a silly analogy. Here's Carol, who's a big Luton fan. Jim, uh, Carol, I take it, 
on one hand you're delighted Certain this morning but maybe you are a bit nervous about what might be coming down the line in terms of punishment for Luton good morning to you hi there yeah well yeah that's true but I think you've got to understand what it was like for those Luton fans there last night that game you know the lead up to it possibly the biggest game in our history apart from obviously the next one and did we just want to take the fun out of everything? I don't, you know, I didn't go on the pitch, but I totally understand why those fans did. That's what football is about, surely. But why? But why? I mean, I don't disagree with you about the nature of being the the, the, the fun police. But why do you need to be on a... I'm a football fan. I'm such a football fan. I ended up buying the football club that I supported. But I didn't run on the football pitch. I didn't want to run on the football pitch. I wanted to celebrate in the stands with my friends. I didn't want to run across the football pitch, trample all over it, and get myself involved in things that I don't necessarily need to be involved in. Why does it have to be that if you're told not to do something, that's the very thing that you want to do? I know, I know, Simon, but it's that moment, isn't it? The, the, all the tension, all the emotion, everything. I think you had to be there to understand it. It's not, you know. Well, I think we understand it. No, we understand I think it. it's. I think it's where the supporters, players, or the supporters especially, feel like they can get a bit closer to the players and they're all in it together and they're all engaging in this euphoric moment. Unfortunately, and I, I understand the reasons why they don't want to. They're trying to get people to stop. I do get it, but so stop. it's. it's it's the idiotic few that have created the narrative around trying True. to stop well, it. Well, Dan is right there, Carol, is he not? That it could take one one idiot could really yeah. spoil uh, it. I, Which, I, uh, Carol, I, you saw what happened with Eddie Howe at the weekend. I, I totally accept that, but why why not just, you know, give some, give a set of stewards some instructions, say, right, at the end of the game, you go and, and get those players in? Because I, I don't think there was any problems, was there? The way I saw it, the, the Sunderland players were allowed to go over to their fans. There was a very tight cordon of stewards in front of those, and I'm not aware of any issues. So, yeah, wh- why punish all of us? Because of a handful of idiots, it's you know deal with the problem, not punish the rest of us. So you just accept a fine, Carol, when it comes Luton's way. Well, obviously Luton can't afford a fine, you know, but they can I, if they go up. They're going to have to. Well, yeah, exactly. So I, you know, yeah, we shouldn't have done it, but I just it's just the way football's going. But it's, it's the way life's act. going. It's the way the world's going. Life but it's a, a balancing act, Carol. It's a balancing act. Also, why do you need to bring flares to the game? If I'm on the pitch. But football fans say because it's fun, because that's what we like to do. You like I, wearing flares, don't you? No, I was going to say he's constantly got a pair on. But the point is this, is that there is a set of parameters that if football has decided, and for whatever reason in its infinite wisdom has decided that now, as a reaction to certain circumstances, fans can no longer go on the pitch, <laughs> whether I like it or I don't, there is a there is a certain line in society where you do have to eventually do as you're told. Yeah. Well, you can't so, just yeah. do what you want. Yeah. And the football fans sometimes, I, I want to bring a flare to them. Well, we don't, we don't want you bringing flares and throwing them on the pitch. Or well, what harm is it? Because we've said that ultimately we don't want you to do it. So don't do it, please. No, we're going to do what we want. And in this instance, other sports, we don't see it in other sports. Do we see this in other sports? You know, did we see people invade the Wimbledon when Andy Murray won the first... Uh, no, Wimbledon for a hundred years. Type of audience. Well, yes, because there's we're a allowing people to walk down because the high street diff- and block cars and ambulances and, and police tr- cars. And that's true well, too. Some right. of the big fights you and I've been at. Yeah, you know, you, you don't you don't see, see you don't see a hundred people inside the ring at the end of it. But then again, fifty years ago or whenever it was, when Ronnie Radford scores for Hereford mm. against yeah, Arsenal or Leeds, yeah. whatever it was, they were on the pitch. Everyone went, "Look at this! This is wonderful." Mm. Well, we have created this culture. You mentioned Jimmy Glass, the goalkeeper scoring that famous goal. Sean's a Plymouth fan. Sean, good morning. I think you recall that day, do you not? I was there, yeah. I was at that ground that time, yeah. Did you go on the pitch? 
we did, but we wait, we waited in the stands, and the Carlisle fans were obviously on the field celebrating because they just stayed up. And the stewards actually invited us onto the field as long as we behaved ourselves. Now, there wasn't many fans there because I think we finished 11th. It was the last game of the season. We had nothing to play for, but we made the journey up. And we went and literally spoke to the fans, congratulated them, swapped scarves, and it was all happy days and you know there was nothing wrong with that at all okay so what about last night well i mean i'm, I'm, I'm obviously being a fan of a lower league club it's not often we get success and as a proper football fan we like to share in the joy i don't agree with flares i hate flares you know of being in front of the pitch i don't agree with approaching managers and getting in their face but just going I mean, be a bit respectful is fine but you know, i stood in the stands every time Argyle have done something good i've never actually personally ran onto a pitch and go, oh yeah, gone mental. It just means, you know, the world to fans like us and they just get lost in the moment, don't we? Maybe try it once, see how good it feels. Sean, listen, th- <laughs> uh, thanks for that. I mean, the, bo- the bottom line is, Danny, that, that, you know, they shouldn't be given any encouragement whatsoever because whether we are looked upon this morning as killjoys or not, I'm sorry, there's a right way and a wrong way. And some of these Luton fans last night going on the pitch demonstrated the wrong way. What it's not mean? what the Premier League want. It's not what the EFL want. They ask you not to do it. The stewards don't want you to do it. The police certainly don't want you to do it. And the home club doesn't want you to do it. And now the home club will be fined. Adam's a big QPR fan. Adam, good morning. How do you stop it? Morning, gents. How do you stop it? You stop it by setting out a precedent and identifying the individuals who do do things like this. For example, just revoking their season ticket, banning them for the rest of the season. And maybe then people will look at it and be like, oh, you know, X, Y and Z was banned for, for doing this. We shouldn't do it. And maybe then people will finally wake up and be like, you know, and, and and the sad part about it is, is if, if they were running onto the pitch in, in a scene of euphoria, and, and, and I'm a QPR fan, and, uh, fan, sorry, and I'm guilty of this myself when we've gone up. You know, like the previous caller said, we don't really taste success often. So when it happens, you, you get excited. And if it stayed as that, then fantastic. But the sad part is, 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 is they get into players' faces and, 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 yes, and exactly. start getting violent and yeah, abusive. That's the and, that's and, the point. And, and I think that's the part that's very that, 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 that's, that's where the big problem is because we've seen it before where Jack Grealish, I think it was in a... In a, in a, a, a oh, the Darby, Birmingham Derby, yeah. Birmingham, Birmingham, and yeah, of he, course. Got, he got hit. What's next? What's, what, like, you know, the, we've seen what security checks are like at football stadiums. They don't exactly get patted down. What, how do we know someone might not come right. with acid right. or with a weapon? Or, and, then, and then what? Then we're going to go back to the ages of having cages and, and sitting behind screens. Then football's going back. We're meant to be progressing. Not moving backwards. That's a good call, Adam. Listen, thank you for your time. Uh, you're right. One thing that struck me, Simon, thank goodness the Sunderland fans behaved last night um, because that might have got a bit ugly. Getting so close well, and then is not getting there. This All is it. All it needed was one yep. to maybe have a swing at a Luton player and then we've got a problem. Yeah, this is it. This is the challenge that we've got and Daddy's right to identify the challenges in society. Um, and the fact that we've got people that will glue themselves to roads, people that think that protesting can move to a different level now, people that think they can behave in a certain way. We've got the police laughing and joking with and them. And football fans are in a situation where we told them, we did nothing for two years but tell them how important they were yeah. because there was none of them in the stadium and how much they're missed. And ever since they've come back, we've done nothing to tell them how bloody... But this is, much isn't this really simplistic? Isn't this a case of, look, the only way to stop it, we know, sitting here, is stewarding and police. Numbers. Mm. Right? It's the only way. And then the consequences have to be huge for individual and even the club. So how do, how do we do that? Who funds it? Who funds Luton's policing bill? Luton. L- Luton. Well, let's yeah. So are they going to 
spend. If they're serious about it, yeah. Every home well, you would, well, you No, but in an instance like this, you would, because this is additional revenue. Okay. You, you know that you're getting something that you haven't budgeted for in the season. So you've got two games, you've got four games, it's all pulled. So at the end of the day, the four teams get a proportion yeah. uh, of the gate receipts that they didn't budget for. They're going to get half a million quid out of these two games for games they didn't budget for. So they could legitimately throw 50 of that at stewarding and is that policing. What it would be, yeah. Something along those lines, yeah. right? To be able to police one game. Now, if you wanted to go down that route, or at the same token, you could go down the other route, which is basically, okay, we're not going to get all of you, but we're going to get some of you. So yeah. you go on the pitch, and the ones we can find, it's a lottery, but you're banned, you're banned, you're banned, you're banned, you're banned, you're banned. Exactly, that's what Simon. You want to do. I, I, I think you're absolutely spot on. Graham's a Luton fan who went on the pitch. Graham, good morning. Morning, how are we doing? Morning, Graham. Very, very well, thank you, mate. So, I mean, I know we sound like a bunch of killjoys. We don't mean to. It was your big moment last night. You hope for a bigger one at Wembley, having said that. But you went on the pitch last night. Why? So, I'll tell you why I've called up, Jim. Um, you're, you're, you're talking as if we're the first club that have ever had a pitch invasion. No, we're not. You're, you're, talking, anyway, like, crack you're on. talking like there was a really, really serious incident last night where, where somebody... No, Graham, new guidelines have come or, in this season. That's why we're talking about it, Graham. New guidelines have come where, in this season. Where was the conversation three weeks ago when Leighton Orient got promoted, when they already knew that they won the league and they, they were up and they, they knew what was going to happen, but there was still a couple of pitch invasions. Nothing negative happened last night. There was police all dressed in their right gear in front of the Sunderland fans. They provided the cordon to them. Luton fans went on and it was completely celebratory. I completely agree with your point around if fans run on and there's a thousand fans on there, you only need one idiot to do something wrong against the opposition. So why take the risk, Graham? That's the biggest concern last night. Yeah, why take the risk? Why take the risk? Because it's a celebratory moment. It's passion that Danny and Simon have just mentioned of a football fan having supported a football club for 30, 40 years and gone through the last 10 years, not just for Luton, but every club. You've got that passion. You go along, you shout on the terraces, you get involved and yeah, you probably sing songs that maybe you shouldn't do, but everyone does that in society. Yeah. I, I ask you, if you drive around, if you drive around the country today, are you going to drive under the speed limit every second of the top, every second of the day? No, you're not. People do things in life because it's society, and then they got consequences. Let, let me, let me. Can I, can I just interject? Right. Well, other than the Billy, was it Billy Sharp on the side of pitch when, uh, where he got Patrick Vieira? Hmm. No, Vieira didn't yes, get punched. Last year, yeah. Vieira didn't get punched. Pretty much close to it, didn't he? Yeah. He didn't get punched. It was near a, it? No, it was a little... Billy Sharp, Billy Sharp did. Billy, Billy Sharp, Sharp did, yeah, and the lad yeah, went yeah, to so prison. What's your point? Well, tell me more than one... We, I can't remember a group of fans fighting on a pitch or a player being punched. That's not or, the point, though, Danny. No, it is, it is no, the point. But Danny, what, no, in, look, in, in fairness, but it isn't the points. What, what is if, it? If the football... The football you're trying... They're tr what you're talking about is trying to stop something. These one-off moments. Agreed. These celebrations Graham, for the club. Graham, stay with us. We agree with that. This is the situation. You're trying this to is stop... A, we're trying to stop something that is very rarely creates a problem. This is the reality of the situation, Agreed. Graham. The EFL and the Premier League have warned any fan invading the pitch that they risk facing club bans, police action and criminal records. But they're not, and yet, and yet, and yet you went on. Yeah, because in that in that heat of the moment, the passion of the nation, and all we did was wander on, have a few photos on the pitch with my young lad. Well, you took him on with you. generally enjoy the atmosphere. It, it, it was a but, positive, but why do you need to? Be, I, mean, I don't understand, Graham. I do understand the principles because I've been in the situation myself with a huge emotional investment, and I agree that it's probably ridiculous based upon the history of football that they've been doing it since the since the dawn of time. But society has changed; things evolve, and what football has turned around and said is, we don't back. want any more of it. So, with that in mind, 
your analogy of driving in a car, if you get caught by the police for speeding, you get nicked. Right? So there's the consequence for that behaviour. If you wanted to celebrate with the king because you're so emotionally involved in the coronation, you couldn't run into the middle of the mail, could you, and do just precisely what you want. So why would you be able to you're do this at a football stadium? You're doing, you're doing isolated. It's, these are, so this Graham, is a group of people together. It's hard as well. But that's irrelevant. The rules are the rules. Graham, Sam has just put various points yeah. to you. And I get that. The rules are the rules. And, yeah, you have to abide by the rules. And, and Luton did it last night. But the point that I've rung up about, Jim, is that you're talking as if Luton are the first club that have ever invaded. No, he's not. But I'm saying we're not. It's not Luton that didn't do it. It's you and your colleagues. Well, you are, because you pulled up, you pulled up Kerry Sweet. The football club did everything they could to pre-warn people not well, to... Well, they, did, so they, did, they didn't, did they? Obviously, they didn't, because you didn't pay attention to years it. And years, there was always people that are going to go on the pitch. They were. They tried to stop it. They put the stewards out. They put the police out um, down near the away fans, and it was never going to stop it. Unfortunately, because it is part of the part of the culture. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show.